Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. <clears throat> May I have your attention, please? And now, without further ado, I present The Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Well, he has gone from completely hopeless to simply miserable. And Sherry. I don't talk trash. I talk smack. They're totally different. Trash talk is a little hypothetical. Like, your mom is so fat she could eat the internet. But smack talk is happening, like, right now. Like... You're ugly, and I know it for a fact, because I got the evidence right there. Now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Guys, I was reading an article um, early, early today before the show started um, that was in Forbes about the highest paid entertainers last year, and I was so shocked to see Genesis, the band, on that list. You you would not have right? ever guessed. If I would have said, name a band that's on the top 10 highest paid entertainers list for 2022, we could be here all day. You would never have guessed Genesis, right? They did a well, final they, tour. Yeah. They sold I'm their sure that music. was it. They sold their music catalog. That's what did it. They sold their oh, music really? catalog for $300 million. And um, that included um, uh, Phil Collins' work as a solo artist, too. So that was a lot of money. Who was number two on the list? Somebody else you wouldn't have guessed. Because if I say highest paid entertainers in 2022, what does your mind do? It immediately goes to who had a big hit record, who had a big movie, right? Who's a big TV star? Number two on the list was Sting. And why? Because he sold He's, his music He sold catalog. it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 400 million, Ty, wasn't it? Something like that? No, his was, um, prior, before the fees and all came out, his was also 300 million. Tyler Perry mm -hmm. was number three. The guys who created South Park were number four. The guys who created Simpson were number fifth, were number five. Brad Pitt was number six. Why? Because he sold a big part of his production company. The Rolling Stones came in number seven. They made um, touring last year. They made $136 million. <laughs> uh, James Cameron came in number eighth because of Avatar The Way of Water. Taylor Swift, the only woman on the list, came in at number nine, and that was album sales and streaming, $92 million, and Bad Bunny, number 10, $88 million from touring. What you know, an the, the Rolling Stones list. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, just what an unusual assortment of artists from Genesis to yeah. Taylor Swift, the Stones to Bad Bunny. It's all over the place. Yeah, and different ways of actually knocking down that money. I wonder when somebody, uh, I was about to say the Rolling Stones, $167 million, whatever it was, for touring. That, that is a big show to, to carry around with all the uh, electronics and the screens and everything. 
I think it's a very expensive show to carry around. Still, it's a it's a heck of a lot of money. Um, I wonder whoever the people are who buy these <clears throat> um, catalogs. I wonder if they listen to especially the big hit songs that most people know. And they say, okay, so we're going to make so much money on royalties because we own these songs now. We're going to make X amount of money on royalties. How many years before nobody wants to hear Sting anymore? Do you think that's uh, 30 years, 50 years? Uh, do you think some of the songs will be around forever? Or, or do they, they say, let's take a real close look at these songs. How many of these songs are hooky enough and have lyrics that are applicable enough to be in an Applebee's commercial? Yeah, yeah. I think um, because you hear these songs all the time now in in commercials, you know, and sometimes it, you know, it's kind of mad. Oh, that's my favorite song. You know, why are why are they cutting open uh, steaks to my favorite song? And your first thought is you immediately blame the artist. You're so greedy, Mick Jagger. Uh, But you know, by the time you start hearing, um, can't get no satisfaction on the Applebee's ad. The Stones haven't owned that the rights to that for a long time. By the time you hear that, yeah, and I and think I they think, still do. I think well, they haven't sold their catalog yet. No, they're, they're, they're on, on the this Applebee's. List. They are greedy. They they're in the. No, Applebee's, they are greedy. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. they're on this list for touring and streaming revenues. But the artists that are yeah. selling their catalogs, I mean, Phil Collins, and it's so sad for physical health reasons. He can't really drum and tour anymore. So you look at a band like Genesis, it makes sense. They're done, right? They're not recording new music. They're not touring. Go ahead and sell the catalog if you can do it. Sting, Let me Sting's ask you. music is going to be selling um, luxury cars uh, until the sun dies, it's truly. Well, already uh, that music is in uh, a commercial uh, for making sure that your computer is not uh, hacked every step you take yeah yeah i've seen that you make i'll be watching you they're already using that you know can you name another way of making a living where you can get so much free publicity just for saying there's a new uh song coming out a new album coming out or a tour coming out when beyonce mentioned uh that she was going to tour do a worldwide tour you couldn't turn on media without saying, well, fans are lining up and they're hoping they'll be able to get tickets to see Beyonce in her worldwide tour. It was millions and millions of dollars of free advertising. If you're if you're a guy who owns a company <clears throat> that makes dog leashes, you can't get that. But we we do that for performing artists, uh, even more than like movies or anything. Recording yep. artists get get free advertising like there's it, it's just not a problem and, and, and it's especially an now thing. when you have so many places that are starving for content so many 24-hour platforms yeah, and yeah. news feeds and, right i mean right like th- th- please everyone's like please beyonce sneeze so we can all write bless you and hit send you know it's yeah. nuts and the world that we're living in R- Rihanna is in the Super Bowl, and uh, literally two days later, you know, the word goes out, she's going to be touring. Oh, Rihanna's going to be touring, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it's just an easier way to it's an easier way to sell tickets. They're so lucky. Yep. All right. Straight ahead. There is a song that is done at the end of a football game that people sing along to. OK. And there is a controversy about the lyrics of this song. 
Almost everybody knows this song, and people are saying, I don't think it's appropriate anymore. I don't think it's appropriate. And that song is straight ahead. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. A little bit of a controversy over in Great Britain, and no, it has nothing to do with Harry. It has to do with a song that I think most people know, and we are going to play a piece of that song in just a minute. Uh, People are up in arms that it should be banned from being um, sung at the end of either a soccer game or a rugby match. Now, we have the um, version of that here in the United States, but there's no controversy. If you've ever been to a Red Sox game or actually if you've ever been to a girls softball game, you will hear very often this song at the end of the game with people singing. So good, so good, so good, so good. And then the whole thing. So Sweet Caroline was actually written by um, Neil Diamond and performed by Neil Diamond way back. And it was uh, for uh, or about Caroline Kennedy when she was a little girl. And of course, uh, they're from Massachusetts, the Kennedys. And it just kind of worked at Fenway Park. And people love it. And they, they, you know, you go to a football game, NFL football game, sometimes they'll be doing that. So it became a thing. Well, the British version of that is a song called Delilah by the amazing Tom Jones. I was out one day years and years ago, I, a vacation or whatever, and Sherry was doing the show alone. And Sir Tom Jones came in, didn't he? He came into our studio and you got to interview him face to face. Which was so trippy because when I was like little, like toddler little, my aunts and my grandmothers and my mom, they went to see Tom Jones at some nightclub in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And they mm-hmm. all went to a store called Grant's ahead of time and bought panties and threw them at him. And of course, I remember this because as a child, I could not understand. I eavesdropped so much when I was a kid and I could not understand why you would throw your panties at anyone. Much less brand new ones that you haven't even worn, right? <laughs> well, so he yeah, was, so it was he, quite yeah, trippy was to as, interview the man in person. He was as hot as a match uh, way back in the sixties, uh, seventies, and then never really, um, never really went away. He didn't have a period in his career where he's you know went downhill. He stayed in Las Vegas and made millions and millions of dollars. I think he's a billionaire. That's how much money this one singer made. So anyway. His song, Delilah, is sung just like Sweet Caroline at the end of certain uh, pro soccer games and pro um, rugby games. And people have been examining the lyrics of the entire song and saying, is this appropriate? Now, they don't sing the lyrics we're about to play for you right now at the soccer games. They sing the hook. Why, 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 Delilah? But here is uh, the offending lyric. Tell us what you think. Why, 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 Delilah? 
So the whole thing is she is cheating on him and he goes to confront her. She opens the door and she laughs in his face. And then he reaches for the knife. And, you know, I mean, the implication is that he kills her and they're knocking on the door to come and get him. Yeah. I never knew that's what that song was about. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like one of these lawyers. I'm gonna recuse myself from this one because, as someone who drifts off to sleep at night, unwinding to a good spousal murder story on 2020 or Dateline, if I got on my high horse about this, so right, yeah, right. it's not but even I the part they're singing. The, I, I, I think yeah. people are crazy. <laughs> Come yeah. on. This is, I, is I this think, inciting people to, to commit this. murder? Then you better right. take a look at a lot of lyrics on a lot of things that we hear. Listen, the but I understand internet some people uncomfortable with those lyrics. Has made people feel like if you don't have a grievance, you should find one and immediately right. announce it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there it is, their version of uh, Sweet Caroline. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Let's go, go. Bob and Sherry. Idiot! With Morons in the News. Well, everybody's a critic these days. You know, you go to a doctor's office and the nurse is not nice to you or she's uh, indifferent. And what do you do? You're a critic. You go online and say, I want to tell you about uh, Nurse Alice over at my doctor's office. She is a real, you know, everybody is a critic. However, if you are an artist, you are really under the microscope a lot more finely because the critics of music and art and dance they really know how to take a phrase and twist it and really give you the screwing if they don't like what you're doing sometimes. And here is the ultimate example. An award-winning German ballet director has been suspended. His name is Marco Goki, and he was apparently furious over a review of one of his shows by the journalist Weikki Huster. These are German names, so I'm probably really butchering them. Anyway, that, that's a woman who is the, uh, Miss Huster is the uh, critic. He allegedly confronted Miss Huster during a halftime break of another show and smeared a paper bag filled with dog excrement on her face at what? the show. Uh, he, but his employers have suspended him. This guy won the award as the best uh, dance director in Germany uh, last year, by the way. So he is really something. Miss Huster told the BBC she was in shock after what she described as a brutal attack. When I realized what happened, I screamed, I panicked. I can assure you it was not an impulsive act. He had planned this. I consider it an act against the freedom of the press. Mr. Gorky said he believed the damning review had cost the Hanover Opera House subscriptions. This is how she described the review. Miss Huster said listening to it and watching it was, quote, alternatively being driven mad or killed by boredom. That's pretty rough. That's pretty rough. But you still cannot go up with a bag of dog crap and push it on the the critic's face at the halftime of a performance. So no, that's he assault. is. Yeah, he is. Yes, it is. He is suspended, and I'm not seeing that he was arrested here. And I'm kind of surprised about that, aren't you? 
I'm shocked. I mean, that you'd, yeah. get, bo- you'd get popped for that here. Wow. Well, let's right. go. Speaking of excrement, let's go to today's moron of the day. It was a beautiful outdoor wedding at Daytona Beach. And the photographer, Rob Sciola, was not only taking pictures, he was rolling video. When suddenly, right in the middle of the vows, the bride looks down and says, did I just get bleeped on? The groom says, I don't know, and then starts laughing. And the bride says, are you kidding me? And the groom is like, oh, it smells. A bird flew overhead and crapped on the bride during the vows. Oh, no. Now, that's good luck. It's a sign. It is a sign. That's that's good luck. You know, uh, the photographer said, yeah, it's, it's considered good luck to have that happen. The photographer said they were really good sports about it. You know, they just kept, they took it like champs. They kept just saying, well, it's good luck. They were happy and excited to be married, and they weren't going to let anything get in the way of that joy. And if you'd like to see this beautiful moment where a bird flies by and craps on the bride's gorgeous strapless white gown, we've got Mm. the video, and we're going to post it up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook right now. Of course there's video. Everybody has a camera out at a wedding, right? And you know they were, when you watch the video, I've, I've watched it a couple of times, they were great sports about it. And it's so... Good for them. I mean, it's a big sky. The bride was a small target. Why, Bird? <laughs> Why did you have to ruin their special day like this? That is morons. That is morons in the news straight ahead. You are not going to believe how much money people have already been swindled out of in romance scams. I know everybody wants to have somebody for Valentine's Day, but this is crazy, y'all. We got the facts next. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Oh, thank God Valentine's Day is over. Oh. And if you are kind of a little bit down, and it's okay, you don't have to tell anybody else, but it's okay if you're a little bit down because... You haven't met anybody in a long time and you feel like, why is it so hard to find love and romance? Be glad that you're not one of the 19,000 people last year who lost more than $700 million to romance scammers. And where am I getting that from? A little something something called the FBI. In the state of West Virginia alone, Last year, 103 people lost over $3 million to Mm. scammers. That's just Mm. one little snapshot, one little place. So only use, when I I say reputable dating sites, I mean, I know that Tinder's reputation isn't great, but at least everyone's heard of it. Only use reputable dating sites and ask questions and research profiles and do not believe everything you're told. These severe tragedies and illnesses and hardships and deaths and I'm going blind. They're all meant to hook you in and get your sympathy and eventually get your money. So have compassion, but don't hand over your bank account. Um, If you're planning to meet someone in person, by God, it's gotta be in a public place and never, ever, ever, ever give anybody your bank account number, your routing number. Don't give them a credit card number. I know you want to help because you're a good person and you deserve love, but you do not deserve to be robbed blind. 
the way all of those people were last year. And that's, that's a lot of money. Crazy. Your grandfather, just remember your grandfather said, if it's too good, or your grandmother, if it's too good to be true, it probably is a con. It's probably and if, a con. Step if back. There's, if something's happening to you and you're concerned, you can report it to www.ic3.gov. It's the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center. I see the number three dot gov. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. You need a getaway with your bestie, just you and your BFF, making memories, having a good time. And we want to make that happen for you. We want to put you and your bestie on a plane and fly you to Tampa, hook you up with a rental car. Park you at the legendary Don Cesar Hotel. It is the coolest. We're going to send you on a dinner cruise with Yacht Starship Cruises. We've got tickets for you to the Dolly Museum and the Clearwater Aquarium. It's just you and your BFF having a big time. Go to BobandSherry.com. Share a picture of you and your bestie. Your bestie can be your mom or your granddad. Your bestie can be someone you've known since kindergarten or someone you met last week. It's up to you. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Share that photo of you and your bestie, and good luck. Well, I mentioned, uh, I don't know, about a month ago that I was going to start watching very little news because it's driving me crazy. Back away from it and uh, start watching some stuff with Mary at night, you know, movies and other TV shows. It is not going well so far. (laughs) Uh, I I love being with her. I, I truly do love being with her. But over the weekend, uh, here are the two things that I remember watching. One of them was some uh, serial documentary about the Murdoch. Uh, how how is his last name? Murdoch. Murdoch? Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah, I, I keep. There's a I lot of people myself. mispronouncing it, but it is Murdoch. Right, Murdoch. The uh, Murdoch uh, murders. And uh, I'm watching this thing, and and I'm listening to this one woman who is describing one of the Murdoch kids. You know, I saw that kid when I was uh, when he was five years old and I knew he was a bad, bad seed even back then. And uh, underneath that, it said longtime local resident. (laughs) You (laughs) in this small town, your go to behind the scenes person who's going to give you analysis of these brutal murders is a local woman. That's all she's identified. She's not with the court. She's not with the police. She's a local woman who may or may not have had some interactions with the uh, Murdoch people. The other thing that we watched together, this movie is, I think, in the theaters, and it is also available on, I believe it was Netflix, Your Place or Mine, starring the adorable Reese Witherspoon and the equally adorable Ashton Kutcher. So let me... Let me read to you the premise of Your Place or Mine. Debbie and Peter are best friends. Now, they're, they're not involved, but they're best friends and total opposites. She craves routine with her son in L.A., but he thrives on change. In New York, when they swap houses and lives for a week, they discover what they think they want might not be what they really need. I am telling you, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, I thought, is this just me? And so I went online and it has been just trashed by critics. It has every cliche in the world ever <laughs> to the point of there's the climatic moment 
And they, every every romantic comedy has a climatic moment about seven or eight minutes before the movie ends. Am I right? Yes. Hey, you want to play the trailer for this? Let's do it now. Okay. All right. All right. Then I'll tell you about where that takes place. Hey, Debbie. Happy birthday, Peter. 20 years of friendship. Can you believe it? How do you still speak to me? Do you remember the first night we met? Never stops being weird. She's so weird. <laughs> Debbie, you need to take a break. I just need to be practical, which is what you have to be when you're a single mom. Right, right. Tragic. I got an idea. I'm coming to LA for a week. I'm gonna look after Jack and you can stay here. I don't know. You need help. Let me help. Taking care of Jack is a lot of work. I think I got this. I hope that you get what you want out of this trip. Find yourself a hottie. Maybe get waxed. Waxed? Oh, waxed. Waxed. Oh, well, that's just not gonna happen. This place is amazing. Hi, I'm Debbie. The Debbie? Peter talks about you all the time. I am a scotch embarrassed. I'm not wearing anything under this. Oh, don't worry about it. We've all done the thing where we knock on the door half naked for some... My mom always says you're terrible with women. <laughs> she does, huh? So what happens next? Like, do we stay on message? Do you always answer a question with a question? Do you always answer a question to a question with a question? So how's your love life now? Sort of like an old ghost town. He's yummy. Wait, where are you going? I have no idea what to say to this guy. Can I get okay, your so that, that's, that's all we need to hear. So you hear the kid, she's a single mom. And of course, the kid falls uh, in love. He just loves Ashton Kutcher. You've got to have that. But the big dramatic moment in the movie occurs. Take a guess where. Airport? Bingo! Couldn't believe it. I don't see Couldn't how you can't. believe it. You're not even, you, you pull over to get out of the car at the airport and they're yelling at you and whistling and screaming. I mean, I know. now you have any kind of big dramatic moment in an airport. I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just saying they're nice people, but that is the biggest piece of junk that I've seen in a while. Do we know they're nice people? They may not be. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to throw somebody a bone there because I'm really, uh, you know, tearing this thing up. I don't want to see our audience throw their money away. It's terrible, terrible lazy. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Folks, have you ever said to yourself, you know, I've had a friend for a long, long time. But I'm beginning to think that he or she is starting to get weird. Um, <laughs> I am in that I am in that situation because my very good friend Sherry and I uh, had uh, lunch together the other day over the weekend, and uh, she was telling me what she did the day before, and it was a show that she went to. Tell the folks what kind of a show it was, Sherry. I went to a rabbit show. Um, I went to an American Rabbit Breeders Association rabbit show. There were 51. I had never been to a rabbit show before um, and did not know what to expect. There were 51 different kinds of bunny rabbits there. And wow. um, they were they were competing for, you know, to be the best in show, the best rabbit, the best of their breed. And people go to the rabbit show and they buy rabbits and sell rabbits and um, look at rabbits. And it was so, I just had the best day ever. My husband really? had suggested it because I was, I've been working on a, um, an Easter bunny episode for my true weird stuff podcast. And my husband was like, woman, we should go to a rabbit show. 
And I was like, what's a rabbit show? And he goes, it's kind of like a dog show, except with rabbits. So we hunted around on the internet. We found one that was a few hours away and we drove to the rabbit show. Now, um, I've got all kinds of stuff coming up on that podcast episode, but let me tell you this. I have never been to a show for pets where you, you compete the pets and, and sometimes, you know, some of these rabbits, you're raising them for their fur or they're so sweet that they make good companions. And some of these rabbits are meat rabbits, meaning that they're being raised for, to be eaten. And, and you won't find that at the American Kennel Club or the Westminster Dog Show. Like at no, no. point will you talk to dog or cat breeders and the conversation turns to um, eating the pets. So I'm interviewing this guy, this couple, and uh, it was he and his fiance, and they have a rabbit breeding operation in Georgia mm. near Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me all about his rabbits. And he, he's going, you know, and then, of course, you know, not every rabbit is show quality or a winner, but they're, you know, the meat's good. And, and, and he just kind of dropped that in casually. So I went, oh, wait, what? So I said to him, can I ask you a question? Um, and I'm a meat eater, so there's no judgment here, okay? No judgment at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how it is that you're able to eat your bunny rabbit. and Your pet. And you, your pet. Your pet. I'm, and you know what I meant by that question, right? Like, how, right. Do, you, how do you separate your... Your feelings of, oh, that's, emotions. Mm-hmm. that's Captain Whiskers, right? And so that right. was what I meant by the question. And he nodded his head and he looked away for a minute like he was really putting his thoughts together. And, and I thought, this is going to be really, I'm going to learn something. This is going to be so interesting. So how do you bring your, how do you eat your rabbit? And he said to me, well, they're real good in a crock pot. And I almost fell over <laughs> laughing. Because that was not the response I was expecting at all. So then I decided I would ask more of the rabbit people that same question. So mm-hmm. as I would be talking to them and they would be telling me all about like this breed of rabbit and that breed of rabbit or their journey to becoming like a rabbit person, eventually it would turn to, you know, how delicious the meat was. And so I would ask again, how do you, how do you eat your rabbit? And every single person answered me with a recipe or a cooking tip. And then I realized I have to ask the question differently. So Mm -hmm. I go to one of the judges who's in training and I'm like, can you tell me like, how do you get your head around? Like, oh, here's a little bunny. Oh, look at the little whiskers. Oh, what's for dinner? And she rolled up her sleeve and she pointed to this wicked scar on her arm. And she said, oh, I don't, I don't eat all the bunnies. She pointed to the scar and she goes, this one? I ate that one. Because <laughs> he bit her. And you're wow. out. Was, you guys, uh, was Glenn rabbit Close people, uh, the MC of this? Uh, no, should have been. No? Listen, yeah. rabbit people are the nicest, kindest, most welcoming, friendly people. And well fed. Kevin had to come <laughs> and physically drag me out of the rabbit show. I was ready to get a motel, spend the night, and go back the next day. I had the best time ever. Best time ever. And I'll tell you something. The world of rabbits is weird indeed. And that's coming up for Easter on True Weird Stuff. Straight ahead, everyone needs a laugh with the amazing Corey Kahini. So, so, so funny. It's Bob and Sherry.
Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code BobandSherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash BobandSherry22. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Corey Kahaney. I became addicted to online shopping. Anybody else like to? Everybody, who likes to shop online? Yes, you like to shop online. It is my favorite thing to do is just to get up and, and just shop on. I love it so. The only thing, okay, if I had to say there's one problem with the online shopping is, is when you get to the last page, you know, and you're checking out where you're going to pay, and at the very bottom, they ask you if you have a promo code. I know. I know. <laughs> Which tells you, somebody has a promo code! <laughs> Which makes me crazy. I gotta Google the promo code. You ever do this? You Google the promo code. I can never find the promo code. I try all these codes. And whenever you type in the code, invalid code, expired code. You wanna laugh? One time I was so desperate, I was so determined to get a discount, I just sat there for an hour making up codes. Oh yeah, sale 20, sale 15, spring 20, spring 15. I save, you save, we all save. Finally, I just typed in up yours and I got 50% off. I also try not to order everything from Amazon because they're a monopoly and also the number of emails you get from Amazon is, is frankly, it's abusive. It's, have you ever gotten any, so many, you hit order, 30 seconds later the emails start pouring in. We got your order, your order's in a box, your order's on the truck, your order's gonna be tomorrow, your order's gonna be at three o'clock, correction, your order's gonna be at 3.45, your order's there, do you wanna reorder? It's too many, I can't. People have questions about your order, would you be able to answer questions about your order, really? They have questions, it was Q-tips, what kind of questions they have. <laughs> and then, have you noticed this? Everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you buy, a week later you get an email. Give us your feedback. Let us know, <laughs> let us know how we're doing. Like, like, when did I turn into human resources? I got one yesterday. American Airlines wants to know what you think. I was like, no you don't. No you don't. And if you ever ignore those, do you ever ignore those emails? You ignore them, right? And then a week later, you get, you, they get more desperate. We haven't heard from you. <laughs> We're waiting for your feedback. I always want to write back and say, you know what? Instead of me filling out your survey, why don't you just send me some delicate tangled jewelry that I could unknot for you? Because clearly you think I have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> I will say this, I will say this. If I ever go missing, I don't know if my family will know what to do, but I know that LinkedIn and Vistaprint will find me. <laughs> do, you ever, do, you ever, uh, do you ever read the reviews when you shop online? Who reads the reviews? Do you read the reviews? You read the reviews? Yeah? You should never read the reviews. Do you know why? I write reviews. <laughs> you should, see, my husband is, you know, I made fun of him for being a pack rat, but in his defense, he is a very careful shopper. He doesn't, he has no impulsive purchases for my husband. I mean, when he's buying something, he reads every review, he checks every reference. It, he takes, it's like he's planning a bank heist when he's buying something, it's insane. And he wanted to buy this hat for hiking, you know, the kind of hat that covers your ears from the sun. And he wouldn't pull the trigger. He just kept going back to the same website. And I couldn't take it anymore, so I posted this review on Amazon. It's there if you if you want to if you want to check. It's still there. And by the way, I didn't want to oversell it, sir. So it just says, "Pretty good hat." <laughs> 
this is the uh, this is the actual review. This is the best hat I have ever bought. I've been wearing this hat on top of my head for two weeks, and now my life is completely different. <laughs> My wife and kids have moved back in with me because the guy she left me for wore the lesser quality knockoff version of this hat. Since getting my hat, I got a raise, a promotion, and a better parking spot. I can now bench press 315 pounds and my eczema has completely disappeared. Whenever I wear my hat, my IQ rises by 37 points and my father is finally proud of me. This hat has given me the life I always wanted, but never thought I deserved. Beware of imitation hats that cost two or three dollars less. This is the hat to make your dreams come true. He bought the hat. By the way, while I was on stage, I got a text from my husband. You know, whenever, it's so cute, whenever I travel, he sends me one of these, um, what do they call it, naughty texts? What do they call that? Eh, I don't know if you called. This is the one he sent me. Hi, I'm not wearing any underwear. Because you forgot to put the clothes in the dryer. Just wonderful. That, that bit about uh, reviewing stuff was priceless. I knew that. It'd speak to your heart. We're going to post that set up right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stop. A late night, a twisting mountain pass, blinding lights ahead. Traffic stop? Maybe. But explain the 12 plus hours of lost time, the sickness, and why no one in my family will talk about it. This one? gets personal true weird stuff new episodes drop every friday everywhere you get your podcasts the fun size podcast a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free free bob and cherry app you guys Corey kahaney the comic just reminded me i didn't even tell you about this i got into a huge fight with amazon customer support last week Mm mm-hmm I was drinking a glass of wine, and I went and got my um, paper white, my Kindle. All of the kids chipped in and bought me a new Kindle for Christmas. I was so excited. Oh, nice. And so I signed up for Kindle Unlimited, which is basically a digital lending library. Every book that I have tried to download on Kindle Unlimited is incompatible with my Kindle paper white. So the other night, I poured a second glass of wine and pulled up the live customer support chat. Here we go. And and it was go time. We went back and forth, me and Parmajit. Um, that was my customer support person's name, Parmajit. Um, Parmajit and I went back and forth for about 40 minutes. And Parmajit would say things like, if you download Kindle Unlimited, you have access to literally thousands of titles. And I said, I have a paperweight. I have Kindle Unlimited. None of the books I want to read are compatible. And then Parmajit would say something similar to, if you have Kindle Unlimited. And finally I said, exasperating when they do that. I said, Parmajit, I only logged into this chat to register a complaint so that it would show up somewhere in the Amazon hellscape. I am so ticked off. And, And Parmajit finally goes, well, what sort of books are you having a hard time with? And the truth of it is, obscure weird books about mysterious government programs and alien bases. I'm not going to lie. Like, 
A lot of the books that are in the Kindle Unlimited library are creepy things for my weird podcast. We, we got nowhere. I finished the second glass of wine, logged off, and this was at 8.20 p.m. and said to my husband, I'm going to bed. I'm so irritated right now. I don't even want to be awake. And I took myself off to bed like a four-year-old at 8.30 at night. It was you know, the, so frustrating. The, the one thing that I really admire, though, about Parmesi is that he didn't change his name on the phone to Alan or something oh, no. like that. You know, mm-hmm. He stayed Parmesi, and I, I admire that. Parmesit, um, at one point, Parmesit helpfully told me that all of these titles were available if I had a Kindle e-reader. And I was like, I do have a Kindle e-reader, Parm. At this point, we had nicknames for each other. I do have a Kindle e-reader. I got it for Christmas. It's useless. I can't download any books onto it. And Parmesit said, and I quote, are you aware that with a Kindle Unlimited subscription, <laughs> you have access to literally thousands of titles? It's exasperating. It, ab- it absolutely is. Because not Parm. only do you know they're reading from it, but they're not even listening to the conversation. Yeah. Parm, my brother, you're killing me here. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. We love hearing from y'all, and you can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. Or if you have our app, which is free, download it, Google, iTunes, and click the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and just talk. That's all you have to do, and the app will do the rest. Hey, Bob, Max, Sherry, Doc. It's Craig from Wake Forest again. Doc, thank you for sharing the story of your grandfather. I found that really moving and really powerful. Thank you. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah. Um, that episode, what was the drop date on that ap- episode, um, Doc? Was that this? It was on uh, February 6th. February 6th um, and in the Oddcast. You can find it anywhere you get a podcast. Um, let's repost the link for that, if you will, Doc. It was such a wonderful episode. Doc's grandfather was an amazing man. And the physical resemblance between the two of you is uncanny. You did an amazing I, I, I want, job. I with want that. people to listen to the oddcast, but very briefly, what do you think touched that man? What what one moment in that oddcast touched that man that much? Hmm. Um, probably, uh, you know, telling the story because the whole story is built around me find, uh, finding this article um, about my grandfather after he passed. I'd never seen it before, and just talking mm-hmm. about the things that he accomplished. Uh, you know, things like he was the first black per, uh, person to be hired by. Uh, the North Carolina uh, Agricultural Extension Service, also the mm-hmm. first black person to be hired in the Southeast for the USDA. So he did all this random stuff I had never wow. even heard of before. Random stuff and good stuff. Very good. All right. Yeah. Like check so, it out in the so modest. So nice. Yeah. You know, like so mm-hmm. modest that he just kept all of that to himself. Okay. We right. have, um, Doc will repost that link. We have another one, Max. Hey, Bob, Sherry, Max, and Doc. This is Russell from uh, Lacrosse. Yesterday, you were talking about weird food combinations, and the one came up with uh, spaghetti and ketchup. Well, I never ate it personally with ketchup and spaghetti, but Sherry said that if a person was eating it, she would grab her keys, go to her car, and beat them senseless. I can't (laughs) wait to meet you, Sherry, because I might try that if you come over. Bye. Russell, you well, it's kinky a long devil. winter in Wisconsin. You know, you're inside a lot. <laughs> you kinky boy. Well, challenge accepted. 
it's been, you know, it's been about a married woman now. So it's been a minute since I've just shown up at a stranger's house in Wisconsin to beat him while he ate spaghetti with ketchup. But I think I still got it. <laughs> those, those are great calls, really great calls. Sometimes you say something, you don't realize how it'll land in somebody's head. Hey, speaking of Wisconsin, I just read this amazing article. I didn't realize, you know, Harley Davidson produces motorcycles in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, and they still do, as far as I know. And I know that they've been an American company for a long time. Did you know that they were making motorcycles like in the early 1900s? I didn't know they went back that that far. Listen to this. A guy whose name is David Ulline in 1941 went to the back of a barn that I guess his father or somebody purchased, and there was a Harley-Davidson motorcycle that somebody had left. It's called the 1908 Strap Tank. He held on to it for 66 years. It's in perfect shape. And the reason they call it a strap tank is it has straps over the tank. It's the oldest surviving model of an extremely rare breed. I think they only made 12. And this one is in perfect condition. It just went up on the auction block. He took it from Wisconsin to Las Vegas. How much do you think he got for it? And again, he found it in the corner of a barn that his family purchased. Wow. How much do you think he got? All right, let me think. 1908, um, perfect condition. There's only, Perfect condition. Okay. Yeah, 12 were made. There's just There might be four or five left. And this one is in better condition than any, any other one. Half a million. $935,000, almost a million dollars, highest paid ever for a motorcycle. And but he you, found it. But you know, I can believe it. That is so rare and special. And the fact yeah. that it's in such good condition, yeah. I can believe it. You know, it, it actually looks like an e-bike, less, uh, more like an e-bike and less than a motorcycle. I mean, it's very, very simple. Why is it that, you know, what do I find when I, when I buy a house and I go into, like I don't have a barn, but a garage, you know what I find? I find mold. I don't find yeah, million-dollar motorcycle. I find mold mostly. In the uh, last house that I bought, I found um, a drainage issue in the crawl space and a VHS tape of an adult film. Those were the two <laughs> things I found. Did you really? You know, I did, yeah. And it wasn't even... It, it was not even like like a really famous uh, VHS dirty movie. Yeah. yeah, it was some real half baked, low budget affair, like a knockoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not very good. Well, at good all. luck to good luck to that guy. He waited a long time and he finally cashed in. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back, talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Some stuff that I've waited for my whole life um, seems to be happening a little bit, and I don't know how I feel about it. So a couple days ago, I'm, I'm in my car and I'm heading home. I've texted Kev. I'm on my way because we had a hot date planned for Costco. And um, I knew he was home just champing at the bit to go. So I texted him. I'm like, I'm on my way, my love, so that we can go to Costco. I turn the car on. I crank up the radio. And it's on, I forget what station it was, but it was on a news station. And the first thing, it was like a movie, you guys. It was an actual scene out of a movie. I turned the volume up just in time to hear a reporter say, 
Well, is there any indication that the objects are extraterrestrial in nature? <laughs> it was a White House press briefing. Yeah, and I a heard that too. reporter from like Reuters or UPI mm-hmm. was asking if it was the aliens. Now, mm-hmm. it is no secret to anyone that I believe we are not alone in the universe. I have had a handful of experiences in my life that I cannot explain. Uh, two massive lost time episodes, one involving my entire family. We lost 12, 14 hours, and we were all so sick for a day, and nobody would talk about it. My father took it to the grave. My older brother won't talk about it with me. My mom gets wow. really frantic. So, yeah, right? So, I've, the past you've couple talked of to, days, You've talked about that publicly because uh, Mary uh, read it or heard it or something was... Uh, asking me about it. Anyway, go ahead. I did an oddcast episode on my yeah. lost time incident in Wilmington. And right. I did a true weird episode on my family's lost time incidents. And I've only told each of those stories one time in a room by myself with Max into a microphone. Mm-hmm. My closest friends, my family, um, we don't, these are things we don't talk about. Not because we were afraid that you'll think we're lying or you'll make fun of us. We don't talk about it because it makes us physically panicky and, panicky and sick to revisit the wow. memory. So I'm over here, like, I'm your UFO girl. I am your extraterrestrial abductee queen. And I almost ran off the road and hit another car when I heard a reporter ask that at a White House press briefing. So the Pentagon, the Pentagon has refused to rule out the possibility that the things we're shooting out of the sky could be linked to extraterrestrials. U.S. Air Force General Glenn, Glenn Van Herc. And by the way, if your name is Glenn Van Herc, you will grow up to be a U.S. Air Force General. <laughs> he said that military intelligence is exploring all avenues, including the notion that the three most recent objects shot out of the sky could be linked to extraterrestrials. So they're not saying that they are linked to extraterrestrials. They're just not saying that they aren't linked to extraterrestrials. And if you can tell me, Bob Lacey, with a straight face, that that doesn't shock you. Well, uh, you know, I heard some of the reports, too. I think they're sending out mixed messages. They must be because the uh, spokesperson for, I guess it was the Pentagon, uh, said he cut he cut them right off Is with the first. It was a female reporter. I, I'm not sure who she was representing. But she asked about it right out of the box, and he said, we are not uh, considering that. That is not the case. It is not an unidentified flying object. And he, and he yet, brushed it off, and he did not want to go on. He, he shut it down. And yet, the U.S. Air Force General Van Merck says, we don't know how they were staying aloft. They have unknown propulsion systems. We, he says, quote, we are calling them objects, not balloons, for a reason. Now, they they on the said one that it was hand, uh, the the non-balloon ones were uh, not controllable. That's the only thing that they've been able to uh, deliver to the public right now. The, the balloon was controllable. Whoever was operating that Chinese balloon could could maneuver it. But those other things that are very small uh, are not. Um, they're, they're just blowing in the wind. Well, I'm. I am reading the statement from the Air Force and the Pentagon. I am reading it verbatim. So do with that what you will. I have two thoughts on this. On the one hand, I'm the UFO girl. So I'm like, yes, they're coming. 
and not a minute too soon because reality is so broken that I'm afraid to go to sleep at night. On the other hand, I'm over here going, people, even a basic, basic dim grasp of physics will tell you that any civilization capable of intergalactic flight is probably not showing up in something kooky that you could shoot out of the sky. Now, it could be a probe. It could be um, an unmanned, what an unpersoned or whatever, uncreatured flight. I, I don't know. I don't, you know what I I don't think even it care is? about that. Here's what I care about. The Pentagon is not denying it. And the, and the general of the Air Force is like, yeah, what are you going to do? Could be. We don't know. Here's what? what I think it is. I think those the smaller ones, I think they are collecting information. And the information they're trying to collect is how do you score Beyonce tickets? Because seemingly that is what the whole world is worried about right now. I'm telling you. Things are getting squirrely. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by State Farm? You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. What is partner choice overload, and why does it mean you may die alone? Well, it has to do with dating apps. Um, <laughs> it's Love Month, everyone. <laughs> it's Love Month, everybody. <laughs> Um, and I, I think it's important that we talk about this. Nine out of 10 users of dating apps admit that they're glued to them. Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. Four in 10 say it's the first thing I check when I wake up every morning. Half of those people say it's the last thing I do before I go to bed at night. They're having a severe impact on people's mental health. 70% of single people who use dating apps say that after um, some swipes on a dating app, I feel stressed out and depressed and anxious. I feel like I'm not good enough for the people I get matched with. 39% of people using dating apps say they make me feel unwanted. And here's the deal with the dating apps and this thing called partner choice overload. Um, the more you use a dating app, the more you are likely to begin excessive swiping. And that's just like, you know, you're just swiping because there's bound to be someone better coming up in the queue, right? right. And that swiping, there's a, a couple of different ways that people swipe. Like they swipe um, because they're making snap judgments on visual choices. And mm -hmm. then there are people, and th I thought this was really interesting because these are people that, I, this is how I would be on a dating app. There's locomotion swiping and assessment swiping. Locomotion swiping is gut feelings and first impressions, right? Mm -hmm. So you're swiping along and you're like, oh, I don't care how amazing he is. Um, I don't like that look on his face, right? Or whatever mm -hmm. it is, right? Right. So right. locomotion swiping is my, my intuition will tell me when it's right. It's all first impressions. Assessment swiping is when you're looking at the information in the app and you're, you're, you're reading the things they write, like, oh, I'm a great cook or I love romance or whatever it is. And you're making decisions based a little bit more on what the people say about themselves versus on your mm -hmm. gut feelings. But right. the problem with these dating apps, the more choices you have, the pickier you are and the higher your expectations grow to the point where no one is good enough. So when they looked at, they, they studied hundreds and hundreds of people on these dating apps and they said that they, no one stops looking 
even when they find an option that seems ideal, they say, oh, if this is good, imagine how much better it could be. Right. And exactly. so they keep swiping and they keep, it's called upward social comparison, which just means here's Prince or Princess Charming. I bet there's a king or queen a couple of swipes away. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's all about, um, you know, that next best thing around the bend. But people who do that, that locomotion swiping, end up more panicky and anxious about being single. And that's how, at the end of all of this, people end up swiping and then going to sleep and tomorrow's another day and you still haven't found anyone. It's well, interesting, I think, isn't it? It's I scary. Think most, most of us know that uh, perfection in um, a spouse, uh, a partner, whatever, whatever you want to say, somebody that you're really involved with over a long period of time, <clears throat> perfection is pretty hard. And they, what you're describing, they seem to be looking for absolute perfection. One of them physically, the other emotionally or intellectually. And um, that is pretty hard to find. What about uh, be- becoming depressed on the amount of people who are interested in you? Is, is that a part of uh, this situation? Yeah, that's part of it, too, that you're not, you know, you're swiping like a mad person, but yeah. you're getting swiped past and swiped on, too. And you know how the- many. In the same way. Well, I don't know that you do. Um, I have two single, I have a lot of single friends, but I have two single friends that um, we go, we open up their dating apps and look at the options. And yeah. it in three years, m- one of my friends has yet to go on a single date with any of the people swiped on or swiped past. Not, not a single date. Why? Because um, uh, he's okay, but um, it's not perfect. Well, he seems nice, but mm, so she's so. reading. Uh, he's reading these responses. I don't understand the question. I don't understand how it works. Is, what 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 is being analyzed? He's okay, but blah blah blah. Um, you've never been on a dating app because you're a married man, and congratulations right. for your good behavior. But like, so you're swiping, and it's a photo and a profile. And so right. we'll be sitting on the dating app, this friend and I, and I'll be like, well, what about this guy? Look, at, look, he's got like a twinkly smile and he, he has a boat. Mm, I don't like his hair. Mm-hmm. Well, what, well, what about, what about this guy? Okay, he's I get only, it. I get it. he's yeah. only, he's only two hours away and oh my gosh, he's a veterinarian. Mm, he looks like a smoker. Swipe, <laughs> right? The person getting swiped on has no idea of any of this commentary any more than you do when someone's looking at your profile. But it's just, it's easy so to, it's easy to that, die alone if yeah. you never choose, if all you do yeah. is swipe. You know, I, I've never been on one of those, but the idea of somebody, you know, analyzing me like that is scary. The idea that her girlfriends are sitting there drinking wine and analyzing me is beyond scary. It's yeah. it's a horror show. But here's the thing. None of us are perfect. I mean, even right. Brad Pitt on a bad day doesn't, doesn't seem like all that much, right? So yeah. if you never give anyone a chance and no one ever gives you a chance, everybody goes home alone. Yeah, I'll post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. We had a company come over to our house and do a little bit of minor repair work. And I looked at the bill and it seemed a little bit off. So I called their number 
And I got the person who is in charge of the billing and uh, the phone rings and uh, she picks up. She says, hello, this is Karen. And immediately, you know what I thought. And I said, hi, Karen, how are you? My name is Bob. I'm asking about this. And she cleared it up. And I said, well, thank you very, very much. And she was very helpful. And I went about my way and I, I couldn't get her out of my mind all day because this is a woman who deals with people complaining and her name is Karen. And I wanted to be extra be nice hard. to her. It, well, I, I wonder if it is. And I think in some cases it is because I'm looking at this breaking news story here. Ohio woman named Karen is going to ditch her name. The name Karen gets such a bad rap these days. One woman cannot take it anymore. She is uh, 50 years old. She is blonde. And she is in Ohio. And her name is Karen Firestone. And she says she is done being a Karen. Firestone, who lives near Tanton, intends to legally change her name to Kat. She's gonna, she's dumping Karen. It will not be on her checkbook, on her driver's license. She, from this point on, is Cat Firestone, which I think is a really cool name. Um, I wonder how much of that is actually happening. Or if you are a Karen and it's a family name, your mom and dad gave you that name, and you're saying, you know what? I'm gonna ride this out. I'm not changing my name. It's a conundrum for them. <laughs> this this woman clearly though. She's had it. Has had enough. And Cat's a good does, nickname. I love it. Cat is. Yeah. Well, but, but that's going to be her formal name. Maybe maybe that was her nickname, you know? And she's just she's just going with it. Why not keep it's that too- name and use your middle name for a little while so you don't actually get rid of it completely until this passes. You know, that's a very good idea and just see what happens. But but this lady as Sherry was saying, she's so fed up with it. She wants absolutely nothing to do. She's She's uh, Cat Firestone. And I'll tell you what, if that that sounds like either a rock star or a stripper, one or the other, but boy, it gets your attention. <laughs> it's a good one. Coming on the stage, Cat Firestone. This is Bob and Sherry. One of the good things about the Internet, and there are bad things, but there are good things, and I think one of the good things is if you are irritated about something going on at work, you will find somewhere to post that irritation and be a part of a subreddit. It'll get out there. And I was reading one the other day, and it was about a person who works in a mall in an office. She is 22 years old. And she said, I work uh, in a mall, and uh, a guy in his mid-20s works beside me. I disliked him from the first month I started working there. He's a douchey guy, and he says a lot of misogynistic things. I usually ignore, and I don't partake in the conversation. But when it's a joint conversation with my coworkers, who are all men, and I'm talking, if he gets bored or doesn't want to wait until I'm done, he'll face another guy and stop me halfway so he can talk about whatever he wants to. The other guys don't pick up on it or are used to doing this as well. So I'm completely stopped from engaging if this guy is around. Well, recently a new young woman started working and he tried to do the same thing with her and she picked up on it right away. The very first time he tried to interject four times, he actively tried to stop her from talking four times. She would not budge. She continued talking to me and our other coworker. At that point, I just decided you know, screw him. So now whenever he struts over to my area to talk, or he tries to talk to somebody near me, I interrupt him midway and start a new conversation. 
or I pull my coworker into doing a task. Every time without fail, we just leave him. It's enough to keep me content at work. We also don't let him get a word in when it's just the uh, new girl and me. We fully ignore him. You know, I'm a guy, but I've experienced the same kind of douchery from time to time. Do you remember we were having a staff meeting in the old uh, studio and we were talking with Tony, who was, I don't know, in Denver or somewhere. And it was those of us uh, on the show and Tony on the phone. And in walks a uh, newly minted um, programming person. And um, I say, hi, so-and-so, we've got Tony on the line. And I was kind of running the meeting. And I said, uh, so uh, we're making plans then to go ahead and visit our li-. He takes over, stops me. I and he goes, that. I want to uh, get to right now what, what you guys do in your third uh, breaks on Fridays, because I think we need to be moving. And just... Nothing. First of all, he had, you weren't supposed to ever come into a Bob and Sherry meeting because that's just verboten. That was our deal. There is no Bob and Sherry meeting. We deal with our, our stations directly and we deal with our audience directly, but we're going to be who we are. And he just took the whole thing over. And I was so surprised because I don't think that's ever happened to me before. And it's one of those, I wish I had that time machine and I could go back. And you know what I would do? I would do what this young woman would do. I would keep talking. As hard as that is, when somebody is interrupting you to keep talking over that person, it's tough to do. But I swear that's what I would do. That was one of the craziest. And we've had some, we've had some, uh, I don't even, like, like, bizarre. is this how adults act? We've had know, some bizarre, bizarre stuff, meetings. but that was one of yeah. the crazier ones because he literally just burst into the room uninvited right. without yeah. a clue and of what's took going it over. on. <laughs> yeah. And it, ha- it had nothing to do with him, but he was, you know what it was? He's, he's new. And I guess sometimes when you're new and you have, you know, the company has given you an American Express card, you just feel you need to let everybody know that you're the man. Well, I mean, you know, bloviator got a blow, right? I mean, you got to yeah. get in there and get it done. That yeah. what you what you read in that Reddit that, that so many women have experienced that. So many women know yeah. what that is. Yeah, and that's why I really, read it. Here's the thing: like you think you're like you're swinging it around, like swinging your big thing around, and oh, you're the man. And what you're really doing is you're putting a giant neon sign above yourself that says "insecure." That's Feeling true. Threatened. Yeah, it's true. Got a That's small true. one. <laughs> like it's just really, but people don't realize that. You don't realize that those. How kind are of you moments... so? How are you so underwear that it is not? It's not a 1959. You know, it, it in an office know. somewhere. You know, I mean, times times have changed dramatically. All you've got to um, be a nice guy that people like. Let let her finish your sentence and then join the conversation. You know, I agree with you, but the last major broadcast company we worked for, um, what they did with female employees wasn't even legal, and they got away That's with true. it. That's true. Yeah, so did. you get away oh. with what you get away Right, Max? Am I exaggerating? Oh, yeah. No, you're no. not. It was it shocking that that legal. sort of thing still could go on. And I will say that the primary players... Um, are either completely fired and gone and no longer in the business 
mm-hmm. or in some other way off the playing field. So it's not like they 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 got away with it until they didn't, mm-hmm. and then they paid a price with their careers. But they mm-hmm. ruined the careers and lives of a lot of other people on their way down. They did, but you know they got theirs because when they bought us, that stock was worth fifteen dollars and forty cents. When we left them. That stock was worth eight cents. And that is not an exaggeration. It's the eight Bob and cents. Sherry effect, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Zorro Ranch. Does that ring any bells? That's Jeffrey New Mexico? place in New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. It's absolutely spectacular. It's been on the market for um, just over a year now. The proceeds are supposed to go to victims. They have cut the price um, several times. The latest price cut took $10 million off of it because there are no takers. And so, of course, the clickbait is the unsellable ranch, but it's 7,500 acres in rural New Mexico. So that's pretty specialized like you need ownership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need to have, first of all, a ton of money and then the ability to, to maintain 7,500 acres in rural Mexico. Yeah. So, um, Jeffrey Epstein's victims, um, taxes, creditors, real estate agents, um, they're all standing by and waiting for this thing to sell so that they can get their compensation I've seen pictures of it. I've looked it up online. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's about 40 miles or so east of Albuquerque. Shout out to all of our ABQ listeners here today with Bob and Sherry. Um, it's pretty spectacular. There's this breathtaking giant main house. There is a house for the caretaker. And the house for the caretaker is the nicest house you've never lived in. I mean, it's really something. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, there are guest houses and barns and the whole thing was decorated by some famous French interior decorator. The living spaces are insane. There's a pool. Um, there are horse barns, but again, you know, and, and it does have a gross and unseemly history because well, that's the problem. committed a ton of, pro- of crimes there. Right. Do but you think it's not selling because part of it is, is the vibe that comes with it, the, the history that comes with it? The negative uh, vibrations. I think which that's part of it. There's probably nothing to that, but you know, you hear about like a, a, a house that was where a murder took place, a brutal murder, and they can't sell it, and so eventually they tear it down. I mean, this is a lot to tear down, but um, I, if I were a, a billionaire, and I guess you have to be one, or certainly halfway there, I wouldn't want that just because of. Uh, the history, the notoriety. Well, here's the thing. Um, it, it started out at $27.5 million. And mm-hmm. yeah, they've taken $10 million off. But that's still, you know, I can't even imagine. Dollars. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it costs to maintain a property like that. And sure enough, you're going to have to come in and, and gut the thing. It has its own airstrip. It has an airplane hangar. It has, what do you call those things that helicopters can land on? Helipad. Um, A helipad, yeah. The property taxes are over 100 grand a year, which you would expect on $18 million. I mean, there's a little charming log cabin. Who wouldn't, if you had the money, like who wouldn't dream of a ranch like that in one of the most beautiful places in the whole country? That part of New Mexico is breathtaking. But I think you're right. 
I think there's something gross about it. And again, there you can probably count on two finger on two hands the mm. number of people in the country that have the money and the need and the ability to buy a property like that. And you know what? That's a big state and it's uh, a moderately low population. It's beautiful. You can find yourself, you know, 50 acres somewhere and build your uh-huh. own darn house yeah. exactly the way you want it for a whole lot less. And there's no bad vibes that come with it. You know, if you you're know a what? hedge fund guy in New York and, and, and you, you realize how beautiful New Mexico is and you, you want that cowboy experience and you can, you can fly there whenever you want, why not just buy some, some property near Albuquerque and say, I'm going to build my own house? Well, because for $18 million, this house has everything I described and its own fire department. This ranch has its own fire department. And at first you go, oh, that's cool. But then you think to yourself, boy, didn't Jeffrey Epstein tick all the boxes? Um, you call in 911, guess who's coming? Jeffrey Epstein's employees. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's there's something I didn't really, look at it that way. You're right, though. There's sinister. something, yeah, really sinister about mm-hmm. how self-contained this property mm-hmm. was. And no one can hear you scream. Yeah, Plus, exactly. it's its own like little little town. So yeah, you might rather build all your own stuff, but this this will sell. Somebody, it's too bad that Kanye's already bought half of Wyoming and doesn't have any money left after the divorce because that's who's going to buy something like this. Like some yeah. entertainer or tech bro with tons and tons right. of money who wants and he'll to go, place. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but I, I, I know of situations like that. They're, they're near where I live. They'll go and visit that ranch one week a year. Yep. But maybe a bunch of people will have full-time work as caretakers and yeah. um, ranch hands. And somebody's got somebody's to keep up the land and the property and all the houses mm-hmm. and fire trucks. So maybe it'll end up being a job situation. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. For some reason, we have gotten on the whole van craze where people are living in vans and traveling throughout the United States with uh, van life. And we, we did an interview with a friend of ours. Uh, she and her friend are traveling all over the United States in a van and podcasting about it and everything. And then I read an article that I was telling Sherry about um, where a guy does it solo. You know, he was struggling at his job. And he had just enough to hit the road, pick up some part-time jobs here and there, and live in the van. And he says, it is it is fun, especially when you see a sunset go down on the uh, California coast. But there are many things that uh, are difficult. Yeah, cooking is harder. Obviously, problems with showers and bathrooms. You have to plan this out. It can be very uh, debilitating. And, and and he was listing all of the problems. And you, you, sometimes you don't know, you know, or you, you don't get a good campsite where, where you go. Um, but I was just thinking about something that um, my favorite author, Gene Shepard, who wrote A Christmas Story, said once. He said, why do people watch so much television? The world is an amazing place if you just go out there and look around. And he used as an example, he was walking at 10 o'clock at night near the East River in New York City. He was living in Manhattan. And he looks over, and this is at 10 o'clock at night in the summer. 
and there's a guy who has just hooked a big fish. He's fishing in the East River at 10 o'clock at night. And Shepard just stopped and watched him pull in. I don't know what kind of a fish it was. I wouldn't eat it. Uh, but it was something that was just kind of bizarre. And I think if you are a part of van life and you're moving around all over this country to different places, you probably see a lot of interesting things. Like I was on an interstate highway a few days ago and I'm driving along and there's not much going on. Have you ever come upon, I know you have, a car that's been abandoned and it's not a piece of crap. I mean, it could be, you know, a car two, three years old. But it's got the, it's got like an orange sticker on it that I guess yes. the highway patrol puts on it because they've identified it. Or sometimes yes. it's it's just sitting there and you look at it and you say, Well, I know that there's there's got to be a robber that's gonna be coming on this on this highway and they can jump start the thing probably, or they could take, you know, some of the parts. I wonder how long that's gonna be there. I'm driving along this interstate and all of a sudden I came upon on the right shoulder. I'm, I'm pretty good at guessing boat sizes because I grew up around boats. It's about a 35-foot cabin cruiser abandoned on the side of the road, on the trailer. All you would have to do, I think you could do it with a dually, is, is get it, back it up, hook it up, and there goes your cabin cruiser right down the highway to who knows where. I have never seen an abandoned, I've seen, uh, I think, abandoned like John Boats or something like that. This is like 35 feet. It wasn't brand new, but it was in really good shape. And I'm just thinking, boy, the guy that left it there, that's probably his pride and joy. He's got to be sick. What is he doing right now? Um, How does that get abandoned, though? Like, if that was your boat... Wouldn't I'd you stay find with some it. way to get it towed or yes. rescued or whatever. I'd stay with it until uh, somebody somebody would come along. It was just sitting there by the side of the road. Um, you know, it's interesting because, and I know, um, I know, I don't know about Doc, but I know that Max will agree with me when you said, "Have you ever seen?" an abandoned vehicle on the car, my brain immediately filled in, yes, I have, and I'm always afraid to get closer in case there's a body in it. Hmm. <laughs> you two have got to start watching some comedies, maybe some musicals, you know? What, some of those 50s, 60s musicals. Brigadoon, Max, your place, yeah, Saturday right. night. Oh. Seven brothers for seven sisters, right? So, so Doc, seven Doc, how about... For seven. Seven, seven brides. brothers for seven sisters is um, a, the new Duggar show. Yeah, Doc, right. Doc, yeah. so where do you come down? The car's abandoned on the road. Are you like me and Max? Maybe there's a body. Or are you like Bob going, well, now why doesn't someone get that vehicle towed? <laughs> I'm either a dead body or somebody has planted the vehicle there to try and like kidnap me or something. Lure, to lure trap you. a good Samaritan. Oh, he is oh, our God. people, Sherry. He, he is, is our, our people. people. The old Camry trick, the old Camry snatch trick. It really makes me worry about you, Bob, because you just walk around in the world acting like at every moment a criminal or predator isn't trying to get you. And that seems to me like an unsafe, unhealthy way to live. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. It's sick. It's totally sick to just walk around and say, I probably won't be killed today. You know, it's a nice thing. I think you're really, really taking too many chances with that. <laughs> you, you, you know what? I was talking. It, it's because I'm oblivious. I, I know that's what you're thinking. 
It's like my wife is now sending you like secret female code words because she's listening to some of this saying he's oblivious. He walks into a room. He doesn't even know, you know, that that something's been changed. So I'm talking to somebody the other day and uh, one of the discussion got around to one of our uh, former bosses, uh, a guy that we love, uh, Rick Jackson. And so Rick got fed up with the uh, company that we were working. Well, we all were fed up with them, but it, he couldn't take it anymore. And he, he went to San Diego. So we didn't know that he had told the CEO to shove it. And he called us into his office and we walked in and I'm, I'm like Finn. Do -de -do -de -do, and I just, hey, Rick, how you doing? And, and I sit down, do -de -do -de -do, sitting on the uh, on the on the sofa you walked in and started crying because you saw that his bookcase had been cleaned out and i didn't notice it yeah but you know um in some ways maybe it's better to be you and to just be like oh is there gonna be cake than it is to be us where we're like oh is that a gun in your pocket but yeah, yeah. I don't think either are really great. You make it sound like, you know, I'm at the day room somewhere. I'm sure there are people that somehow strike a balance between being oblivious and being too watchful. I, I, you We're know. having cake today. We had we had the blue jello yesterday. <laughs> We're going to have the cake, which I think is better. Oh, it's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. You know, they say sometimes uh, be careful who you marry because it'll be the most important decision that you've ever made financially in many other ways. Having said that, you know who the luckiest man in the world is? That is Prince William. And I'm not saying because eventually he's going to be the King of England or he lives in Buckingham Palace or in all those other palaces. He married Kate, and she is absolutely the most perfect princess that I think <laughs> yeah. I could even imagine. Has ever existed? Yeah. Ever existed. I am looking at a picture of her, and she is on some sort of a workout machine where your, your legs slide back and forth like you're on skis, and it's attached to a weight that's attached to her waist. She has on black leggings, but they're not too tight, and a a white uh, workout shirt. Her beautiful long hair is uh, flowing and she has this radiant smile. Have you ever seen Kate Middleton where she did not have a radiant smile? Have She's you ever perfect. seen her do anything awkward? There was a, a photo of her walking down, uh, getting off of a plane with William and a la Marilyn Monroe, the wind picked up and her skirt flew up. She hit the skirt right at the right time so it didn't show too much leg, just a little bit. She caught it. She knew what to do. Um, whether she's on a balcony, wherever this woman is, holding her children, she has a meeting people in line who have come to meet her. She always looks absolutely perfect. If there was ever anyone who was ever designed for that job, and I'm not saying you have to be beautiful to do that job, but it's beyond beauty. It's her poise. It's her charm. Um, it's her openness. I don't. I, I don't know what she would do. I guess the only other job would be to be an anchor on uh, cable news, because seemingly that's where those people go if they can't become princesses somewhere. 
Am I right? I, you know, I often study her and think it, if the British monarchy could have, this is who they would have invented. They would have invented her. Yeah. This yeah. is who you would have whipped up in the lab if you could have. And yet Never I embarrasses think- them. Uh, supportive of uh, her husband, the uh, her uh, royal family. She's amazing. She um, she's made a decision in her life. Yeah. We have no idea who she really is. You know that, right? Right. Like she is so good at at that public facing part of the job. We really don't know her. She is the embodiment of mystery in so many right. ways. Which is important in that job. You know, she's so yeah. good at it. I actually believe that that's who she is. She is just perfect. But of um, course, and I'm not is. saying she. I'm not suggesting she's not that person. I'm just yeah. telling you, we don't know who she is. Right. Yeah, she's, I'm with you. I she's handled her. the press. Nobody's been able to lay a finger on her, and I hope that continues because they seem to be nice people. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.